you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so Episode 233 of All Good Here Podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my two carnivorous co-hosts. Ah, I'm scared. I got scared. My name is Jonathan. Pockets full of bug, Colt. I got pockets full of bugs and I'm not afraid to use them. Yeah, it's like pocket sand, but with more legs. I'm Shino from Naruto. Yep. <laughs> it's like, look at me. I have gen- gen- the genetic disposition to have tiny bugs crawling around underneath my skin. God. He always freaked me out. I feel like he should have been more scary than he was because the dude literally has fucking insects crawling inside of his body. But he's just kind of, I, I mean, granted, like, he, he's just kind of a nerd. And, and he's just kind of there. Like, he doesn't really do anything. Like, he's like low key one of the most, like, fucked up characters in terms of, like, concept. But then he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's he's there. He's the guy with the bugs. He's just the bug guy. He's a teacher in Boruto. And he has, like, this like this three-slitted, like, Cyclops visor now. Which is sick as hell. I guess, like, the one moment he had was, like, when he tried to capture Toby and then, like, his, with his bug ball and it didn't work. But anyway, we're not talking about uh, anime characters. Because <laughs> uh, it, it is spooky season. So what we're doing today is it, we decided to to put the horror classics to the test. We have found the list of 50 of the most iconic, influential, terrifying moments in cinema uh, of a certain time period. And we're going to see if those moments still stand up. And, and not to the, not to disparage any sort of like credibility these films have, but like just re-examine those films and, and also just find out for ourselves what what uh, certain organizations uh, think belong in that list. Alrighty. Uh, I'll be going through the list, uh, letting uh, the rest of the cast know what's go uh, the placement of each movie and which scene they thought was the scariest. Okay. Uh, this is from Bravo TV from 2004. So anything before 2000 or after 2004 is not going to be on the list. And uh, we were talking beforehand, it's like, well, 2004 wasn't that long ago. Then it's like, oh, yeah, that's almost 20 fucking years ago. Yeah, it's like, well, fuck, this is going to us like a certain age range demographic. But uh, I got the idea from listening to the Dead Meat podcast. You should check them out. They're a really awesome horror podcast. And they made a game out of this. And we tried doing the same. And it, it, it we were we got about like 30 minutes in and it was like, this just isn't working. Yeah, it was rough. We had to scrap. I wanted to say something sooner, but my brain was like, I can't say anything because I don't want to make anyone feel bad. So, but you know, we're, we're living and we're learning. So we're going to just try a, a pure reactionary standpoint to find out uh, if this is moments that we should carry into cinematic posterity. So, uh, John, tell us how many 
uh, positions on the list that we'll be discussing and uh, start us off with the first bracket. All right. Well, uh, the the mini series that this or the uh, docu series that this comes from uh, is the top one hundred. Uh, they had a couple other lists to go over movies they didn't cover later on, but we'll only be going through the top 50 of the 2004 list. Yeah, because top 100's a lot, and we got families to feed. <laughs> Our we families got... are starving because we only made <laughs> a certain amount of money from this podcast. Yep. So, what would y'all think top 50 would be? What the, the 50th place they would have? 50th place i i it's it, you know what that's this is the last on the list uh because this is where we're starting so i'm gonna go ahead and say the worst movie that's ever been made uh, <laughs> worst movies ever been made oh my god fuck um um i would say i'm thinking like a, like a stephen king film like uh Cujo, Ridiculous uh, Six. That's scary to me, and that's what I was trying to remember. And I know it's <laughs> what, not in the what, right time frame. I do know that, but I think it was scary to me. Well, Colt, if it did come out in 2004, uh, it would be number one, because that movie's so bad, it's scary. Uh, yeah. But no, coming in at number 50 is Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left. The 1972 Wes Craven movie. Hmm. I I I never seen that one, but I do know that comes with a lot of a fair amount of acclaim. Yeah. Uh, uh, a brief synopsis for those who don't know is two teenage girls hiking to a rock concert for one's birthday try to score marijuana in the city where they are kidnapped and brutalized by a gang of psychopathic convicts. Because you know that's that's kind of like word of name of one of our favorite podcasts, last podcast on the left comes from Mm -hmm. and i want to say there was a remake with like jennifer lawrence or something it was i get this one and i spit on your grave confused there was a remake with someone named monica potter i think as the uh main character yeah i I know like just like the big crux of the movie is like these these like the girls are like not only physically assaulted but like sexually assaulted as well i I, th- I think so yeah which is like i knew that was and plus like for the time it's like oh this is like big fucked up crazy thing i know it, that comes with like a lot of like buzz but okay i could yeah that's not one i like i think about a lot when i think like oh that's a like a big name screen but but i know it has like a, a claim you know after after scrapping the game version of this i'm just suddenly remembering all these other fucking movies <laughs> yeah uh it's amazing what you'll be able to think of when you're not like put on the spot That's uh fair. the scene and the scene they pick is phyllis's death and i was i kind of looked it up on youtube and clicked through it and yeah it's a pretty brutal death scene i mean from the description alone it doesn't sound good uh what's number 49 49 uh is a film I've actually pretty interested to see. It's from 1955 called Diabolique. Diabolique? Mm-hmm. It's a French film. It's in the Criterion. I've been looking to get that for a while. But uh, a wife and mistress of a loathed school principal plan to murder him with what they believe is the perfect alibi. Hmm. And the scene that they they pick and i guess this will be a spoiler i probably won't remember this by the time we get to number 40 but the husband rising from the tub and the wife dies of a heart attack i definitely not heard of this one 
Yeah, this is a French movie. And I'm scared of the French. All they do is eat snails. That's a fact. That's not true. That is very true. That's insensitive towards French people, Cole. You can't say something like that. And nobody here stopped me. Wow. Such friends you are. Hey, look, you know, we figured this would be a teachable moment for you, Cole. Jeez. And I, I taught myself. Nobody taught me. Yeah, I mean, it just speaks to the strength of your character. Yeah, uh, Cole is very uh, autodidactic that way. All righty. Number 48. The Thing. The Thing's Ooh. only 48. Dang, okay. that's low. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Uh, the, and the scene in question they pick is the blood testing scene. That fucking got that me when we scene? watched it. But, I, mean, I mean, it's got the big jump scare at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, personally, if I had to pick a scene that was scary in the movie, the movie's not really scary to me. I think it's more cool. But the dog scene, where it comes the massive pile of flesh. Oh, that that is the scene that sticks mo- most with me when it does like the the demogorgon flower thing and the the dog skull falls out. Yeah, it's just like oh god, that's so gross. Um, uh, I think one of the scenes that stands out to me is um. The uh, defib- the the defibrillator scene. Oh yeah, where uh, what's his face? Wilford Brimley loses his hands. Yeah, I will say w- one moment from that film that really sticks out in my head is like the the dog. Like when it's like walking down the hallway, that's like this dog is like too smart. Like it, it, yeah, that it, that this dog is like thinking. That's like this is. Fucked up. Like best dog, best dog acting of all time. I remember seeing a tweet where they, where someone shouted out that dog. I wish I can remember their name, but you know, big ups to the dog from the thing. Mwah. Yeah, great. I've recently just bought this on 4K. Be interested to check that out. It's an amazing movie. Uh, it, it is one of my favorites. And go check out uh, the essential viewing edition mm-hmm. of the thing where we had our critical analysis. Uh, the thing with a little less poo poo pee pee, uh, cum jokes in it, but you know, it's, it's, it's enough of the AYCH flair to get you through, uh, to kind of ease the uh, a, a more reined in version of it's down your throat. All right, what's the next one? Uh, number 47, uh, the original Nosferatu, okay, from 1922. I mean, that's, that's a very inf- like influential movie in horror. And and when he rises from his coffin is the scene that they picked. Now I know, I know Wenzel has seen it and it, uh, he's thought about it. I've been wanting to check it out. Just like some of the behind the scenes, like these early photos are like and there like there's like one moment of like the actor Asnosfratu like sitting on like a bench, and he's just has like he's just sitting there plainly. He has his hand like kind of outstretched onto the side of the bench, looking at the camera, and this is like a. Like a uh, a candid photo that this person took back in the day, and it's it's haunting because he's just in the Count Orlock outfit with these like these big clawed fingers, and he's just looking dead down the barrel of the camera. It's like that's spooky. Oh damn! I, well, luckily for me, my first encounter with him was uh, SpongeBob, so yeah, it was never <laughs> really was scary after that for me. I I remember watching that SpongeBob episode and being like, this is strangely like tense and then like the, the, that last shot where they showed us about that's like what the fuck is that yeah um i haven't seen this but uh there there was a film that came out a couple years before it called the cabinet of dr caligari mm-hmm. highly recommend that one it, i remember that was that was shown in one of my um art classes in college mm-hmm. 
It's very stylized. Well, it's also an old movie, too. Oh, yeah. It's what the Germans were doing around that time. It was like, holy shit. Ooh, the poster (laughs) for it looks really good. And also, what you just said, Jesus Christ. No. This is 1920. This is I know. Fuck- they were just I, working on Hitler's Hitler. rising. God he was working his way up. I was talking up. about movies. I wasn't talking about fucking fuck Nazis, all right? Why do they have to fucking ruin everything? Goddamn. Anywho, number 46, The <laughs> Sentinel. Never heard of this one. Sentinel. What's it about? A young woman moves into an apartment in a building which uh, houses a sinister evil. That's very vague. That's vague as hell. I never heard of this one. Apparently, the scene in question is the main character, Allison, follows a barely seen figure, and it's her dead father. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, well, I have much to say about that one. Number 45, The Wicker Man. Okay. Okay. And the the final scene in The Wicker Man is the one they choose. Now, I, I, I've been really wanting to check out The Wicker Man, the original one, and I know eventually we'll watch the Nicolas Cage remake on Cagey Greatness, but just some of the, the some of the footage and some of the like the stills I've seen pulled from the movie, there is a like a genuine like hauntingness to the film. I feel like it, it just stands in such stark contrast to its follow up. Oh yeah, was I thing like wow? These are like two, like not in the same universe films, but like you know you can appreciate both. But I there's something like really kind of spooky, especially about folk horror. Like you're just like in this mm-hmm. isolated place with these like sort of very antiquated ideas that are like still pervasive in like a quote modern setting, and like you're kind of just shit out of luck when you get there and, and shit starts to go down. Yeah, it's. And it's something about nineteen seventies movies and like lo- like more low budget seventies horror that has yeah. something about the film grain to me just makes it. It, it seems like more real somehow. Yeah, because a lot of times they were kind of. It was either made by a bunch of people who didn't really know what they were doing; they were kind of just learning on the fly, or people or who were intentionally trying to make it seem like documentary footage. Yeah. Uh, number 44, I've heard of this movie, but don't know much about it. It's called The Game. The Game, okay. It stars Michael Douglas, and it's uh, Dave, David Fincher's movie right before Fight Club. Okay. Uh, brief synopsis. After a wealthy San Francisco banker is given an opportunity to participate in a mysterious game, his life is turned upside down as he begins to question if he might really be... Uh, if it might really be a concealed conspiracy to destroy him. Hmm. Okay. And the scene in... I just... I, I, the, all I've heard from this movie is the ending is very controversial. Uh, in that uh, people either really love it or really hate it. Uh, the scene in question is Michael Douglas comes home, finds a clown dummy in the exact same position his father was found dead in. Oh, damn. Interesting. Okay. I know that this, this list is just straight up. I every movie you say, I am going to Letterbox, and I'm. If it sounds interesting, I am putting it on my watch list. Uh, number forty three. It's alive. From it's ni- alive from nineteen seventy four. I've never heard of this one. The Davies expect a baby, which turns out to be a monster with a nasty habit of killing when it's scared, and it is easily scared. And uh, apparently, there's a birthing scene that's really fucking spooky. Hmm. <laughs> 
It's horrifying, the miracle of birth. I mean, it can be scary. Yeah. Uh, 42, an American werewolf in London. Okay, I've seen this one, okay. Yeah, and they, they choose the transformation scene. And the, the transformation scenes in American Werewolf in London, they, they're pretty visceral. Yeah, they look, I've seen them, I've seen them, they look really painful. Yeah, because, you know, with a lot of werewolf media, you see, like, oh, it's just like a, a seamless shift into, like, lycanthropy. And and um and this one and I I think because American Werewolf in London that's become like a more prevalent like trope that's used maybe not trope but you know like idea of like a painful transformation and I think the one of the moments I remember it being like really jarring is like this is after he's had a few transformations and he's kind of like okay I know what to expect it won't be so bad so he's just like chilling out reading the book so this is just a shot held in him just reading and then all of a sudden he just screams fuck and then his body starts like ripping itself apart oh god like it's just like sudden and it's like it's like someone just got hit you know like like a like a heart attack or something i'm interested oh yeah it it, it looks like a really good movie i didn't realize it was directed by john landis yeah I'm, i'm definitely interested to rewatch it and there's a character in the movie like as the as the movie progresses you see their change too and it becomes like really haunting like what they become alongside him mm-hmm. so without giving anything away if you haven't seen it and special effects the practical effects are impeccable it's they're, awesome they're really good 41 the original hills have eyes okay well, original when did this one come out 77 I did not know there was a seventy-seven one. Because mm-hmm. I remember the, the, the like two thousand, early two thousand one. Anyway, yeah, because in the like early two thousands, there was that glut of horror remakes that were almost all fucking garbage. Or they, they all had like this like this gross yellow like mm-hmm. grime filter on. Like everybody was just like covered in gunk. Um, yeah, and in the remake, it's nothing but weird rape fetish stuff going on by hillbillies yeah, yeah it's weird I, I remember strangely enough um my my church had a lock-in and they played that movie and i was like uh, hold on what how this <laughs> that's by? a weird choice it's like I mean, you do talking know, about the remake too yeah the remake it's like you do know a woman gets like assaulted in this movie right but you know whatever whatever go off yeah uh this was also directed by Wes Craven. He's going to be on this list quite a bit. I would imagine. Yeah, he's uh, been busy. Okay, I never heard of this one. It's called Black Sunday from 1960. Hmm. And apparently there's an execution in the opening scene. Uh, the synopsis is a vengeful witch and her fiendish servant return from the grave and begin a bloody campaign to to possess the body of the witch's beautiful look-alike descendant with only the girl's brother and a handsome doctor standing in her way. Never heard of that one. If you can get the chance, you should look up the poster for this movie. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty damn spooky. What uh, what does the poster look like? It's a it's a person with huge open eyes with tiny black oh, okay. dot uh pupils. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's, it's kind of unsettling. I'm going to add that to my watch list just off the poster alone. Could be a terrible movie, but you know what? I'm yeah, in. Who knows? I mean, the strength of the poster, you know, it gets butts in seats. That is very true. It's part of the marketing. 
got 39. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. The original Dawn of the Dead? Mm-hmm. Uh, when the zombie gets decapitated by the helicopter blade. <laughs> that just sounds awesome. I've only seen the newer Dawn of the Deads and the sequels that he did. What, the Zack Snyder one? Uh, well, I have seen that. And also the one from like the uh, early 2000s. Those are not Dawn of the yeah. Dead. They're sequels called like Place of the Dead, Walmart of the oh, Dead. Oh, Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. Yeah, the newer ones. Those are the only ones I've seen. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, I know I've seen at least most of it. Uh, it's very, it's pretty low budget. Yeah. Uh, and it's late seventies, but it has, it has a charm to it. Cause like, like the, the 2004 one, they're holed up in a mall. Yeah. And they like, are like throwing like pies in the zombies faces and stuff at points. It's, it's, it's kind of charming. I do yeah, know like, good. there's some very iconic, like, like monster work in those films, especially, mm-hmm. And, and a lot of like, for the time, good gore effects. And like, you know, they they still look strong today. Like, just of course, you know, you have to kind of temper it with like this is X amount of years ago. But like, I know there's a scene in the either Dawn or Day of the Dead where a dude gets ripped in half, and I was like, oh fuck that! Or no, he gets like his like stomach ripped into. I, was, I remember seeing that scene as a kid, and be like, holy shit! Yeah. Or like the um the the like the zombie like corpse woman that's all, all burned up, but just like her like skull and hair is still there. That's like a very striking image. Uh, a movie I've been trying to track down and uh is called Return of the Living Dead. It's it's not connected to Romero's. Yeah. It's uh from what I've seen, it's like really interesting it's really fucking bleak from what i've heard and it has like a cool punk rock aesthetic oh yeah that's on uh, hbo max uh right now okay okay i'll be checking that out i I thought i recognized that name was like i that's on my watch list and i remember looking Mm -hmm. at a trailer for it. it looks really good because you know george romero he makes night of the living dead and the guy he made it with uh, somehow he got the rights to the phrase "living dead," so that's wow. why like Romero's movies are only of the dead, and th- this guy who's kind of a hack. Uh, <laughs> oh well, like a lot of the movies he made, like he made like Santa Claus, C L A W S. Oh, okay. like 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 garbage like that and and the studio bought the script to return of the living dead and just did a page one rewrite they were like we're only buying this for the name i will say someone on my letterbox i follow who deals more particularly in horror films and like schlocky films they recently rewatched return of the living dead three and has like this oh god like this punk rock girl with like blades and shit sticking out of her i guess like i think she's a zombie and some, there's like a guy who tries to fuck her or something i heard it's not good but like i'm sure it has its fans oh yeah but moving on to 38 moving pr- pretty fast along these uh peeping tom uh this was a movie uh came out i think right before psycho 
and it kind of had a similar plot, but it kind of pushed the boundaries further than Psycho did, and it just destroyed that guy's career. Oh, because people, like, kind of took him, like, oh, he's an actual pervert or something? Mm-hmm. Shit, that sucks for him. Damn. Yeah, and Michael Powell, you know, he's, wild, like, like 40s, 50s, came, had, like, some of, the, like, the greatest movies ever made, like, The Red Shoes and stuff like that. But he, he was in, like, a, a, a movie people just took a little too literally like that's too far you're a deplorable person for yeah. being involved with it well i mean and and psycho you know had its fair share of pushback when it came out too. i know the, the the main guy who did the main i can't remember his name but the main actor who played in psycho ah uh, fuck he played who played norman bates i, I know who you talk I, anthony I know like, perkins anthony perkins i know he had a lot of kind of like he had a trouble finding work after the film. Like he, he that's why he kept going back to it mm-hmm. like several times after the fact. And I've heard like the Psycho sequels are pretty good for what they are. Yeah. Um, thirty-seven House on Haunted Hill from nineteen fifty-nine. That's the one with Vincent Price. Yes. Okay. Uh, the scene in question, Nora's looking for a secret passage, and then turns around, and a freaky-looking woman is right there. Uh, a millionaire is millionaire offers ten thousand dollars to five people who agree to be lock, locked in this large, spooky, rented house overnight with him and his wife. Now, I don't know too much about the original, other than like Vincent Price, you know, iconic mm-hmm. uh, actor in it. I have seen the um, late '90s, early 2000s remake, and it dog shit. I mean, like, could we watch it with a group? Oh, oh, the one with Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson? No, that's The Haunting. Oh. The House on Haunted Hill, it has Jeffrey Rush as, like, Vincent Price. And, uh, oh, God. Famke Jimson, the, the, the lady who played Jean, Jean Grey. She, man, it's, and it has, oh, Allie Carter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I think, I think a rapper in it. Um, oh, hold on. I got to look this up. Because Allie Carter, there for a while, she was kind of like, She's a new burgeoning screen queen. She's in a lot of horrors at the time, and God, it was it like honestly, obviously, this we watched it in a setting where like this was this was uh, a certain group of people. This is like oh, this is their favorite. So bad it's good movie, but for me, it was damn near intolerable. If nothing else, for just the sheer amount of strobe lights in it, it's just like what, um. what if we what if like half the movie just had like seizure like level of like flashing in it oh god and like oh and um chris katan's in it too it's a (laughs) wild cast (laughs) because i remember the haunting remake and that being just absolute garbage i remember catching that on tv and i'm like why am i watching this man Uh, number 36 cape fear 19 oh robert de niro oh actually the Actually, oh. the original. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, the remake of Cape Fear, the Scorsese De Niro movies, on a later list. Okay. Uh, a lawyer's family is stalked by a man who once helped put him, he once helped put in jail. Okay. Uh, number thirty-five, Aliens. Okay, Aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I know some people would probably quantify Aliens as closer to an action movie, but like, I think it's the alien. The first two Aliens are sick as shit in just completely different ways, and like the second one's still pretty scary and fucked up. Like, 
the fact you know you have Newt, this like little girl character, like running around and just like the sewer shit, and like the, one of the moments that really stuck out to me was like you see her little like, hidey hole, and then like later you see the xenomorph like rise up out of the water behind her. And I remember this is probably the first time I was watching the movie, and my parents covered my eyes. Oh wow! Yeah, there's That's one right. scene when um. Ripley or whoever goes down in the in the basement where like all the people are like mushed up into the wall and like one person's like still alive and like oh give me out give me out and then that's when the fucking chest burster starts to shoot out and you see like the blood and the the bump and then my mom's like whoop not watching that yeah. the, <laughs> that's the when she in, stops it apparently at that moment apparently uh, the scene in question is Ripley and Newt are trapped in a small space with two face huggers um uh, also, yeah. also the, the 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 final confrontation at the end between her and the the queen and she the Get airlocks open. Her, you bitch, iconic. The queen was fucking <clears throat> scary. I love mm-hmm. the queen. I want a figure of the queen so bad, but they're expensive as hell. Oh yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Thirty four. Never heard of this one. The Hitcher. Oh, the Hitcher. Oh, uh, it's uh, got uh, Rutger Hauer. He's the guy who plays the main. Uh, replicant in the original right blade runner yeah uh, the guy who gives the tears and rain speech yeah um yeah. someone someone i know was because we, we kind of like struck up a friendship online of just talking about horror and they said the hitcher was one of their favorites and they say it's pretty intense and like rucker howard is like he does like a, a, a fact a fantastic job in the film okay uh ooh, that that don't have a reaction a uh, uh no it just it just sounds really intense uh uh do you want me to uh someone gets uh torn is there a trigger half. warning here oh no 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 nothing that bad blue velvet's later on the list uh like number 80 on the list uh that that was an obvious joke uh he get someone gets torn apart in half with two trucks oh I'm damn like, i'm like fuck jeez <laughs> Like just like I'll I'll have to add that to my watch list. Yeah, I've I've been meaning to watch that ever since I was told about it. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, number thirty three, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. The Fly is is good. I remember being like grossed out. The fucking seat Fly Two. It's like I would say it's not as good, but there's still like a lot of really good like creature effects. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching that. Like ah. Like freshman year of high school, I was fucking gooped because there was some fucking gnarly shit in that movie. Oh fuck! Like I obviously you have y'all have to watch it, but like there's like at least two or three moments I was like, holy fuck! That like I remember thinking about days later just being like fucked up by it. It's it's gnarly as fuck. If you haven't seen Fly, see Fly One is still really good. It's gross as hell. I remember seeing clips on like various movie shows before I saw it and it's like I am physically ill because David Cronenberg made it. So mm-hmm. of course it would be just disgusting. Yep. Uh, number 32, Pet Cemetery, okay. the Stephen King adaptation. I've, uh, I've, I think I've seen bits and pieces of Pet Cemetery. Cause that's the one where the little boy gets hit by a truck and he's brought by, by the spooky cemetery. Yeah, because I, I used to think the one with Clancy Brown was the original, but that was the sequel. Uh, but I remember, like, like the, the the little boy they had to be like the the revenant child. 
I remember being like really like perplexed by it because like because like the kids like four or five but like the, the way the the baby like like emotes and sort of acts and like it just doesn't seem like an actual little child there's like some high level shit going on in that baby's head it's like the fucking dog from the things like this baby's too smart we got to keep an eye on it <laughs> keep an eye on that baby and like and plus like there is some funny stuff in there that that the baby because the baby's like the bad guy is evil but like there's some stuff it pulls i'm like hold on queen how the fuck did that happen <laughs> especially after it kills one person and presents them it's like how the fuck could that work but you know you're just like in the moment, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Spooky baby. Uh, 31. Actually surprised it's this low Friday the 13th. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, even though, in, in like, Halloween sort of, like, you could say started this last year, like, Friday the 13th kind of, like, codified it into, like, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. Yeah, and it, it Friday the 13th became the, the, standard for 80 slashers yeah yeah which i love it for what it is i really do but i also hate it for the fact that all the early 2000s popular horror movies were just shitty remakes or retreads of friday the 13th or halloween slasher movies i fucking hate slasher movies because of the um and this was this one doesn't even have jason in it which I was surprised. Because that's the big twist, you know, spoiler for this old-ass movie. I will say that the scene that got me is, like, at the end where, you know, the girl is, like, you know, she's in her bow, and she's like, okay, it's, you know, I, I got through the night, it's okay. I didn't let the fucking, like, zombie Jason comes up and drag the water. That, that got, got me uh, back in the day. That's the scene they picked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I know there there's a, a sequel. I think it's three where they do that again. And that's the one I've seen. Okay. I I, I haven't seen as many of the Jasons. I know that I've seen a few. I think I've seen four, five, and X. <laughs> uh, if, you want, if you want a good laugh, uh, find a Sk- Siskel and Ebert's review of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Just all of them. They act like that movie just was feel like morally reprehensible jesus and it and and you just see these like really eloquent men just get like so like offend like viscerally offended by the movie uh and you know shout out to canon who's not here today friday the 13th is hit one of his favorite uh series and i would say i've heard good things about there is a series of fan films called never hike alone that do like this sort of updated version of Friday the 13th, but, but still kind of doing with the spirit without going to like to the, the oversaturated, like early 2000 version. I've heard of like fan production. It's ranks among the best in terms of like production and like the actual quality. I think they're all on YouTube. Okay. Never hike alone. We'll have to give that a, a little watch. Number 30, The Blair Witch Project. Okay. I, I remember dis- distinctly when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And just being like, what the fuck? I'm like, I, like asking my mom several times, like, what's up with this movie? Like, is it like, is it real? Like, I was really just, like, freaked out by it. Yeah. Uh, my, my parents were very quick. They were like, no, nah, this is fake. Uh, but, yeah. 
Blair Witch Project, you know, early found footage movie kind of popularized the genre. Whoa. Whoa. Like, like, like a specter in the dark, we have a Dak Cannon guy in the shadows. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Whoop. I lost an ear. Uh, and, of course, the scene in question that they choose is the last shots of the movie. Yeah. Uh, for, for Cannon just joining us, we are going through a list of the top 50 uh, scary movies and their moments and and seeing how we react to that. It's like, is that scary? What do we think of this sort of like, this uh, compilation of films? Are you actually going to watch these bits? Oh, 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 no. Oh. Because this is, we're, we're just reacting to like these, like, to like a very like popular list and like, okay, do we agree with that? Does this deserve to be on here higher or lower? That sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. We just got finished talking about Friday the 13th. It was number 31. Uh, the, the final scene of the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good scene. It's a good, it's a good one. Sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Uh, number 29, The Serpent and the Rainbow. I've never heard of this. I haven't heard of that yeah, one either. first time I've heard of that. I've heard of the Rainbow Serpent, but not the Serpent and the Rainbow. An anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumors about a drug used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. And he gets away fine and doesn't have any uh, bad experiences. Yep. Something Another Wes Craven. Did he do? Jesus Christ. It's the 1988 uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, right? That's Wes Craven. He, he's on a lot of this list, even in the back half. Uh, hey, on, tw- I just haven't seen many of his movies to to know uh, what his movies are like. So. Yeah, yeah, so, so I, I, I know of them. I just haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, number twenty eight. When a stranger calls. Oh, I, I know that na- know that name. But I feel like I haven't seen it though. Uh, a psychopathic killer terrorizes a babysitter, then returns seven years later to menace her again. Okay, that's that's one about the call coming from inside the house. Yeah, call, the calls coming from inside the house. Okay. Yeah, that's like I remember the remake vividly when yeah. I was little. Because that that was a part of that like mid to early mid two thousands remake binge it's, it's kind of hard to do get the calls coming from inside the house when we had cell phones then mm-hmm. so uh bringing back a bit from the part that we were recorded earlier uh number 27 frankenstein okay really there it is. yep uh the scene that they choose was actually one that wasn't in the movie until like a like what, a, a restoration of yeah it. until it was restored uh where he accidentally kills a little girl yeah that, that was obvious Obviously, the Hayes Code wouldn't allow that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. I, I've seen the the Universal Dracula, which for what it is, it, it, it's really fun. A number 26, 7. Oh, sorry, and, uh, Brad Pitt. And Morgan Freeman. Okay. Um, I, I haven't seen it, but I know, like, I remember, like, in, like, clip shows about people, like, them, them going through, like, the different, like, not trapped, but like you know, the, the the set piece kills. Yeah, because the 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 thing of the movie is it's about a serial killer who's killing his victims based on the seven deadly sins. Yeah, and these these scenes are actually pretty damn dark and pretty scary, especially the glutton one. That's the one that sticks out uh, very oh, vividly God, in my head. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was about to say the, the the gluttony one. That was like that's probably the one I remember the most. Uh, I think it's like the first one. Uh, the one they pick is the sloth one. 
Is that the, I think that he turns he just like turns to goo or something? Uh, the, it's the guy. He basically he he has him strapped to bed for like a year. Yeah, and only oh, gives yeah. him enough food to keep him alive. And, and like they they think he's dead, and he's like, <gasps> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Why. I, I was thinking there was one where he killed somebody and just kind of liquefied him somehow. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend. It's a really fantastic movie. And it's yeah. got Kevin Spacey in it. So it's like, uh Just close your eyes and look at Brad Pitt's smelly feet. You'll just you'll forget about him quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 25, Phantasm. It's I've a heard of franchise this. I've heard of, but... Th- that's the one with like the tall man and uh, like the, the silver ball with blades that pop out. Yeah. I heard, I've heard that as a franchise, uh, like a lesser talked about one that people will... The one thing I think is really weird about it that even fans are like, why did they go this direction? Is that apparently all the sequels have, for the most part, the same cast. But what makes it weird is that the story is just vehement and saying all all these movies take place like just a few years apart in universe. Whereas like... decades will pass between films. Yeah. So you have like this old ass dude who in universe is just like a, a couple years older than he was in the last film. But he looks significantly older. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause this movie came out in 79. Yeah. And, the, and like they were making like phantasms up until like the nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. So like this guy's like each movie is only a year apart in universe, but then you have like someone who's fucking like gray headed by the third one. If oh, that. Yeah. What, what was it sort of iconic moment they chose? Uh, Mike wakes up to find himself in the cemetery and the tall man is standing over him. Uh, Ooh, number 24. This is a favorite of mine. The original Suspiria. Okay. And the opening scene of that movie, which is pretty batshit insane. Uh, I, I know you recently, well, fairly recently, you got, you, you've, you've seen both to compare to. Mm-hmm. I watched those last year. Uh, they are very different movies and have very different goals. They're almost like the inverse of each other. Yeah, I highly recommend watching both back to back. Yeah, like I've been recommended the newest one for a long time. It's just that it looks like something I wouldn't really care for, but the older one looks interesting to me. I do think it's funny that John and I had the bright idea one night. It's like, like we we had a few drinks in us. You know what? You know what's a good drinking movie when you're just full of energy? Let's watch this kind of like somber and methodical like horror movie with, with the Suspiria remake. You're kind of like, we got about 15 minutes. It's like, I don't know if, if this movie is matching where we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and like the original one, like it has the score by the band Goblin. It's really uh, very upfront and in your face. And like the lighting is really cool and I love it. And then the remake is more muted. It's a lot longer and the soundtrack's done by Tom York from Radiohead. So it's just really melancholy. Uh, 
highly recommend Suspiria. And it's on Tubi for free. So. I, I would say Tubi is a great resource for like a lot of like, I would say like good older films, even like from mm-hmm. not, not just kind of like schlock, but also kind of like, there, there's some really solid older movies on there. If you just take the time to look for it. Tubi oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, is they, a great resource. I, I feel like I watch Tubi more than I do Netflix and like Hulu and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, it's got ads, but I think the ads are more than worth yeah, what, what? sort of like the volume you get. And plus, like, there's some batshit stuff on there. I'm like, oh, that's going on the list. That's going on. The list. This is too weird not to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, number 23, Rosemary's Baby. Okay, I've never seen this one, but I know about it. I think I know it. what scene it is easily. What scene I'll do you just, think it is? It's the one with the weird looking baby thing. Is that it? Is that a different movie? You're probably thinking of Eraserhead. Yeah, I'm thinking of Eraserhead Baby. That's it. Oh, oh it's. Honestly, I'm surprised that's not on this list because that that fucked me up like the first couple times I saw that movie. But uh, the Lynch they chose was Blue Velvet. Apparently, there's a dreamlike rape scene in Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, that was what I was going to say would be in it because like she, you know, she's a young wife and like she heard her husband have like a, a night and, you know, they get all steamy. And then, like, it slowly morphs into, like, just, like, very rough sex. Or, like, you see, like, literally, like, these monster hands, like, clawing at her. And, like, you, you don't know if she's, like, if this is real, if she's imagining it. And then when she wakes up the next day, because the, the sequence ends with her, like, covered in, like, scratches and blood. And she wakes up, it's like, I'm fine. It's like, baby, you were rough last night. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, like, you, you start wondering, like, you know, how much of this is, like, in her head and how much was she actually fucked by the devil. Yeah. Uh, and the scariest thing about the movie isn't even in the movie. It's the fact that Robin Polanski directed it. Boom, yeah, bam, and boom, if you don't know, he's, he's a, a convicted child ra- Yeah, he's a convicted child rapist who fled to fucking France and is still alive making yeah. movies and, uh, from what people say, but still raping kids. So, Thanks. gotta love it. Thanks, world. Thanks, France. Uh, yeah, it, uh, that that makes that really hard to recommend. But you know, uh, number twenty-two. Uh, this was a went movie Wenzel watched uh, probably last year called "Don't Look Now" with uh, Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. A married couple grieving the recent death of their young daughter are in Venice when they encounter two elderly sisters, one of whom is a psychic. And brings a warning from the beyond. Uh, I've heard this movie is kind of batshit insane. And uh, I forgot what episode Wenzel uh, uh, talked about it on. It might have been during one of our quarantine movie I think so. Blocks from uh, last year. He recommended it, if I remember right. I recognize the poster very well. It's a, it's the, poster, uh, the poster is of a, like a painted poster of a... a Donald Sutherland and Dewey Christie in a picture frame and like blood kind of trickling out and pulling from uh, the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Number 21, Jacob's Ladder okay. from 1990. Yeah, I've, I've heard of this one. I, I couldn't tell you what it was about. Mourning uh, his dead child, a haunted Vietnam War veteran attempts to uncover his past while suffering from a severe case of dissociation. To do so, he must decipher reality from light and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. Uh, this has uh, Tim Robbins, who is famously in Shawshank. Yeah, I, I remember 
like after looking it up, there's a very famous scene from it of like it looks like a surgeon holding up a syringe, like a completely pitch black background behind it, like white, like operating gown, and the character is is disfigured. The surgeon is disfigured, like they have no eyes, like it's just like skin covering the eye sockets and like like a mottled face, and it's pretty spooky. And it's just like it's just a camera peering up at them from below as they're like getting ready to like I guess anesthetize uh, a person and like that and that in itself is like pretty eerie oh yeah definitely number 20 Ringu oh the original Japanese ring the original Japanese ring and the scene oh, is yeah. the girl crawling out of the TV that's a scary scene mm-hmm. I haven't seen the original I've seen the American remake which as far as American remakes go it it's good. It's a good movie. I remember think I remember like at least at the time thinking that the American remake of the original American remake of the Ring was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it was one of the few horror movies I watched as a kid, and it low key fucked me up. And I oh yeah, and- I had nightmares about it constantly when I was little. I'd always like. In the middle of the night, I have to go to the bathroom, get something to drink, blah, blah, blah. I would go out into the kitchen area and look out the windows, and I'd think I'd see her out in the yard. It was something that was scary for little, however old I was, whenever it came out. Because the, the remake came out in, like, 02, 03. Like, early 2000s. Because, like, after that was The Grudge, which is, like, 2003, 2004. Yeah. And, like... I, I I remember like that was one of the first times I remember hearing about a movie like a like a big name adaptation of like a foreign film. Yeah, I mean obviously there are many other instances before that, but it's like the first one I, I was aware of. Like, oh, this is the American version of it. Yeah, same here. I was like, oh, this is a uh, American remake of a foreign movie. That's one of the first movies I realized what that was. Nineteen. Hellraiser, the original Hellraiser. Okay, interesting. And it's when uh, the lady opens the box and the Cenobites appear. And they and they just recently announced that there's going to be a remake of the Hellraiser on on Hulu. And um, that does not sound great. I'll go ahead and say that. uh, And they said that they named actress who be playing Pinhead. I can't remember her name. I didn't recognize her. And it said, um. They plan to anyway that this new version would hew more closely to the, the original stories, mm-hmm. um, but I know at least from like my little horror end of Twitter and like online spaces, Hellraiser is a very well regarded movie. I know if nothing else from the like the iconography alone, because yeah. the Cenobites are like very striking, iconic characters. Yeah, How do we feel about the film itself? So, like, you know, when you have the guy who literally has nails on his head and the guy who's just, like, has this mouth peeled open and his teeth are just, like, clicking. Like, they're freaky-looking things. I know they get a little silly later on, like, the guy who shoots CDs out of his head. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, with the first Hellraiser, I don't even think the hell... The, like, the Cenobites are the scariest part. Uh, for me, it'd be the, like, the weird flesh mash mass that's like living in the attic that the one of the characters is feeding i feel like that's the scariest part of the whole movie has I, anyone I, here seen it i have i haven't i know oh, i know, wow. no, remember you and wenzel had seen it 
I, I'm yeah. thinking about watching it this month for like spooky movie. Okay. It's definitely worth watching. I, I've heard that the first two are worth watching, and then the rest of it, all 13 of the others, not good. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of hor- like, like lesser-known horror franchises, I almost, almost bought the Leprechaun collection. Oh shit! Really? The those I are was, the you would have made a good decision if you did. I'll say that. Honestly, I'm thinking about going back and getting it like tomorrow. God, I I I know there was like one person in like middle or high school, not middle or, or like maybe in high school. Yeah. Anyhow, there's one kid I knew who said like their favorite horror franchise was Leprechaun, <laughs> which like that's usually like way down the list anybody says oh fucking leprechaun right yeah, that's like d tier like like that's like when you're talking about horror franchises like oh you remember that i, I remember like back in the day uh walmart would have the uh the little in cap uh, not in caps but the little islands uh, that had like all of like the movies and at that time it was vhs and I remember distinctly the Leprechaun movies being there all the time, and Jason goes to hell. I remember seeing the Leprechauns in, not in the shell, but in like the little giant vat of like oh yeah, carelessly discarded DVD players, and just like Leprechaun bat to the hood. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that uh, I was. I was like. Is that even part of the original, or is this like a weird, uh, scary movie parody? It's part of the no, original no. franchise. It's just a part of the franchise. You know what? Y'all talked me back into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. Like Cannon bought his like collector edition of all the Saw films, and now John's going to buy all the Leprechaun films. Mm-hmm. You're just having a bad movie fun time. Hell yeah! I, I'm not going to regret that decision at all. You will not, Uh, because they're so fun and so stupid. Number 18, The Haunting from 1963. The remake I was talking about earlier was the remake of this movie. Yeah, I remember remember when that came out. I remember being freaked out by the poster for The Haunting, the remake. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you, you just see like a like a face silhouetted in like the poster, and I was like, I remember seeing that in the theater. Like, oh, that's fucked up. I don't like that. And then when I saw an adult, this movie's fucking dumb. It, it is garbage. It's it, got Liam Neeson and Owen Wilson. Yeah, and um, apparently the uh, re- just you know recently as of last year or year before. The Haunting of Bly Manor is the same story that The Haunting is based off of. Mm-hmm. Well, the series. Oh, no, it's Netflix. Hill House. It's one of them. Yeah, I think it's The Haunting of Hill House. Well, or maybe I was thinking of that, what was that, The Turning. That was Bly Manor. Yeah. That was the turn of the turn of The, the movie we could not fucking escape in 2020. God, that fucking movie. Uh... Number 17. All right, we're starting to get to some of the heavy hitters. The original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And and John and I, we watched that last year. That was the first time I'd seen it. And I have to say, holds up pretty well. It's a a solid movie. Like There's like a lot of great effects. And honestly, the thing that surprised me most, he doesn't say bitch in the movie. Maybe he says it once. I was like... It's not like later on where he's like, Welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) 
Because, like, I'm so used to, like, the franchise out, Freddy, that when mm-hmm. you, the one you get in the movie is like, oh, this is restrained. Yeah. that That's another series I really want to get into. Uh, um, the, the same the, the same friend that introduced me to the Hitcher, the, the Freddies were, like, their, like, mm-hmm. horror franchise. This was my mom's as a kid, but then by she found Jesus before she had me. <laughs> so, like, after that, it was just like, no, you can't watch this. This is of the devil. Uh, the scene that they, they, they choose to highlight is uh, when the girl gets, like, drug up on the ceiling. And yeah, that's pretty fucked. I remember being pretty, like, surprised by when Johnny Depp gets swallowed <laughs> by the bed, just fucking... Old faithful geyser of blood shoots out. God, I was, I was not ready for that. I'm like Jesus Christ, and it, it's like a solid like five minutes of just, like that's like a, a neighborhood's worth of people just like gushing out right there. Number sixteen, The Omen. Oh, I've seen this. Uh, I, I remember watching this. My a freshman year of high school it was in my uh history class there was some assembly that day where everybody except for like five people in my class went to and it's like you know what let's just watch a movie it was around halloween time the assembly was a long ass assembly i don't know why we weren't there i didn't give a shit because we watched the omen and i just remember we were just being like hell fucking yeah like <laughs> there's like some really gnarly shit in there then some spooky shit like everybody knows like there's a whole scene like uh, this is for you, Damien. She jumps off the roof and hangs herself. Um, the scene where we fucking like hooted and hollered over. There was like one guy because like everybody finds out the secret about the kid gets killed in some like final destination way, and the decapitation, the decapitation from the truck. It was like, oh fuck yeah, yeah. we were screaming. Um, I will I will say to, to like the actual horror of it. Like, I, I think about a lot of the 70s horror I think hit so well is that um, when, when stuff happens, it kind of just feels sudden. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like how how people kind of die sometimes without, like, you know, where someone jumped off the roof and smashed into the window guys, they hung themselves. Like, there's like sometimes how people die, it feels so sudden and like without fanfare, it kind of just has an impact. Like, oh, fuck. Like, they're dead. Yeah. It's like, that's it. Uh, yeah, I remember like we we all got together and watched it a few years ago. I think Cold, are you still there? I'm here. I, I'm like I'm trying to remember. Like when you say we, do you mean us? Y- yeah, it was. It was like I don't think I think it was before Pat, but I think it was the rest of the lads. Yeah, and it's the little demon fucker. Oh, and there was a birthday party at the beginning of the movie. I think. Yeah, where the the lady's like, "Oh, this is for you, Damien," and jumps off and kills herself. What's that like the yes. director's daughter or something? Okay. Or like the the girl who kills herself? She was like, like she was a daughter of like a staff, like a production member. Yeah, I, I don't really know much about the behind the scenes, other than it was really troubled apparently. And like the the, the whole like story of why people died, and there was like a quote quote curse. And I remember like when the remake came out in the mid to late. 2000s like when it came out on 6 6 2006 yeah when they had Lee Schreiber and like some other person in it and there, there's like 
I think the, the actress who was playing the mother is like, yeah, it was really spooky for me too. Just like the old ones. Like one time I came home and like my picture was crooked. I thought that might've been a ghost. Like lady, people died making the first one. It's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, number 15, uh, freaks freaks from 1932. What an old one. Yeah. This movie has a very interesting history. Uh, and it's a movie that, unfortunately, we will never have the full version of. Uh, it was a movie about uh, uh, freaks in a cir- in a circus. Yeah. And they were all played by, you know, people who did have those disabilities. Yeah. Oh, is it the one with their, like, one of us, da-da-da, one of yeah. us? Yeah, one of okay. us, da Yeah, and uh, it, uh... uh like in, because I think it was made by MGM, and a lot of the people were like, "Ooh, we don't want these people eating lunch with us." And the director had a fight for the. It was like, "Let my fucking actors eat!" Like, goddamn, yeah. And and of course, like the the studio and the Hayes Code cut it to shit. Like it, it was supposed. To, it was a really boundary pushing movie. I think this was the guy who did the. Bella Lugosi Dracula. I could be wrong, uh, but yeah, that that he he kind of didn't have much a career after that because he, how he, controversial it was. And plus, they probably thought he was too much of a troublemaker. It's like, oh, he stood up to us, so fuck him. He's not working mm-hmm. this town again. Yeah, and, and the the biggest thing that the biggest problem they had with the movie was that they made the freak sympathetic. It was really fucked. Uh, number fourteen. Surprise! This one's this low. Halloween. No, the original wow. Halloween. The original Halloween, and it's where he sits up. Yeah, like after you yeah. think he's dead. It's funny how like, how much of the movie inspired slasher, and how much of it kind of like like doesn't follow the slasher mold. Mm-hmm. Well, like it's a really simple movie. It knows what it wants to do, do, and it does it well. It might seem pedestrian by today's standards, especially after like. Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th sequels where they got weird and whatnot. But uh, this movie, like, we watched it last year. And it was the first time I'd seen it all the way through. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's kind of spooky. And what? I, like, especially with slashers, I don't get really scared. But, like, just having him, like, constantly in the background of shots, like... Has kind of like has you on edge. It's like, oh, where is he? It's- and like, I, I feel like that's the 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 ending is like one just it's a, such a strong bit where like oh, he falls off and he disappears and then you just hear him breathing. You don't know where he's at. And yeah, that's and how- it's just shot of like poorly lit areas and whatnot. I will and- say that does carry over into modern horror as well. Uh, as, as recently as this year, uh, as recently as the past month. With uh, Midnight Mass, there's some fucking horrifying scenes in that show where it's very reminiscent of those scenes. I'm yeah. interested to check that out. I've heard a lot of good things about Midnight it's, Mass. It's on my list. I still got to get through a few other shows, but I definitely plan to watch it before the spooky time's up. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like, like I said, I'm surprised it's this low on the list, but um, number 13, Scream. Oh, I have not seen Scream, but I've been really wanting to. I know that that movie particularly has a lot of like fandom, especially mm-hmm. more recently, because uh, this was kind of like the kickoff of like the '90s era of slashers. 
Yeah, specific, this came out late 90s, or like mid-late 90s. And this was like, because this is also directed by Wes Craven. Uh, and, and and the last Friday the 13th, he kind of experimented with the meta stuff. What do, you mean, the, what do you mean the last Nightmare on Elm Street? Nightmare on Elm Street, sorry. But the last Nightmare on Elm Street he made, you know, he was experimenting with the meta aspect of horror. Mm-hmm. And with Scream kind of just jumps off the precipice yeah. with all that. And then that's kind of like the, the reoccurring element of that movie. People being like self-aware of like patterns and tropes and horrors and reacting to that but also the killer being aware of like patterns and tropes and horrors and trying to like circumventing their anticipations yeah and, and the scene they pick for that one is the opening scene of the movie because like that scene was so shocking because you're 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 led to believe a certain thing and then it, you're completely blindsided i i would have loved to seen had experienced that in the at the end of the day oh yeah that would have been fucking crazy. Uh, number 12, Misery. Okay. Oh, my God. Fuck. And, and, and it's the scene you're thinking about. like The most the most well-known scene from it. God, I... Uh, ugh, that just, and that it's whole not movie is really scary, actually. Like, I rewatched it, I think, last year or this mm-hmm. year. That movie fucked me up. Kathy Bates... You play one scary motherfucker in that movie. It, it, it's a really good movie. I remember watching it several years ago. It, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and, it's easily like top five Stephen King adaptations. And like she does a great job of, of like kind of lulling you with like her like almost like saccharine uh, mm-hmm. personality and then this kind of like Midwest housewife type yeah gimmick. And he, even when she's doing terrible things, she still has like this veneer of like innocence yeah. it, it, it's it, that that to me just makes it even more terrifying uh i remember reading the book in high school and it, it it's pretty intense too i, I know they changed like that scene from yeah. the movie to the book yeah like that wasn't in the book i don't think yeah, and i think in the book she chops his feet off Ugh. Oh, for, for so, the the hobbling to me is like Worse, mostly because you see it. Yeah, and I was watching it on TV too, so they didn't fucking cut it either. I'm like, God damn! Of the the one time I want you to cut away, you don't, you fucking bastards. And then you're probably thinking it will. Then like, wham. Okay, we'll do number eleven, and then we'll take a quick break because right. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. before we do the top ten. Okay. Uh, number eleven was a movie we watched. When was the J-Horror one? Oh, 2019? Yeah. Audition. Oh, shit, yeah. And it, it, much like Misery, it's the scene you're thinking of. The vomit one. Uh, no, the end. Oh. What, I mean, what, what the fuck? Whenever I think of Audition, I think of the vomit scene. I, I think of when she's sticking needles in the dude's eyeball, like, fuck. They're both equally fucking fucked. That is one of my all-time favorite bits from the show. It's like telling y'all that she literally puked in that scene. She wants the actress wants to use her real vomit for it, and y'all just be like, "What the fuck?" That's that's like a top ten moment for me on this show. (laughs) And like Takashi Miike, you are a fucking psycho, and 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 I love you for it. I yeah, really do. Go off, my man. 
<laughs> I I still don't think I can watch Visitor Q. Oh yeah, it's just like, you know, there's just some things I don't need to see. <laughs> like just reading the like just read the synopsis of the movie and it's like it's I, just like that, I, I, that's enough. I'm like I appreciate what you're doing, uh, Mr. Mikay, but I'm gonna I'll keep that over there. Yeah, I'm just going. What the keep that. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, it sounded fine up to a point, and then it says he proceeds to have sex with his daughter, who is now a prostitute. It, uh, uh, excuse me? Yeah, there's necrophilia and disgusting. This is the description shit. of the movie. Why would you put that there? I feel like that's something big. That, no, that, the thing is, is that's just the beginning of it. That's like that's not like a lot of the worst shit. Jesus. Yeah, because I, I guess like <laughs> either that or like the the synopsis is just like, hey, we're just putting this out here so you don't get blindsided. So so like the whole thing like that, like that whole bit is like yeah like um this is the tamest parts of the movie. So if, if that's uh, uh, too much of an assault on your senses, you know how to check out. Yeah, you know to avoid that one. But uh, we're going to take a quick break for 10 through 1. And some of these, I'm like, hell yeah. Actually, most of these. And and then it, it gets real disappointing. I'll say that. All right. So we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're in the second half of the show, but also in the last portion of the list where we have now the top 10 scary moments and scary movies in cinema, according to this particular list. So, John, hit us with number 10. What movie do we have? Number 10 uh, is Wait Until Dark from 1967. This is a movie starring Audrey Hepburn. And uh, she plays a recently blind woman who is terrorized by a trio of thugs who are in search of a heroin-stuffed doll they believe is in her apartment. <laughs> this certainly is a movie that was came out in 1967. Just from that yeah. description. And uh, the scene in question is because she's blind, she can't see. And, like, just... It, it just... The hijinks that ensue, I say hijinks, but it's really tense of how they're trying to sneak around and she hears them and and then, you know, tries to look for it for them. And, you so know. what you're telling me is that Wait Until Dark is actually the, the inspiration for Don't Breathe. Uh, yeah. Kind of. God, just imagine Audrey Hepburn just beating the fuck out of somebody with a claw hammer. She's just like, throws a knife like she's just laying in the puddle of water she hears them like them step in she's like ah ganks them <laughs> you know I, I want them to CG her <laughs> killing her home and <laughs> oh and it'd be like a terrible job a terrible edit job so she's like she looks like she's like just like copy paste that'd be fucking funny uh, that'd be good as fuck like, but the thing is like she's black and white and the rest of the movie is in color and high definition mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, number nine. This was a movie I actually watched earlier this year, Night of the Living Dead. All right. Okay. Uh, there's a scene where a woman get uh, one of the women gets stabbed by her zombie daughter. Oh shit! 
Yeah. It, for a movie that came out in 1968, it's like, Jesus Christ, this is kind of intense. Uh, number eight. Another movie I've seen, but um, is Carrie. Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen Carrie. But I know I've seen it, the original Carrie. And no Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, it's one of the better ones. And it's the scene they is the one at the end where yeah. she sees comes to the grave. and. Yeah, that, I remember seeing that for the first time. It, it got me. Yeah. The one thing I thought was very haunting was like, because like her mother is just like deranged uh, religious fanatic and she's like just berating Carrie the whole movie. Like like she literally like assaults her daughter for having breasts. It's like you've grown your dirty pillows and beats the fuck out of her. Yeah, it, it, there, there are parts of that movie that are kind of hard to watch. And the scene that really fucked me up is like, she like her mother has like her full mental break and um she is chasing Carrie around their, their house with a knife and she's doing like the sign of the cross with her butcher knife after she's already stabbed Carrie and Carrie's like like it's like she's been abused by her mother her whole life and she's like sort of still re- reluctantly reacts and she's so knives fly out of the drawer and they like stab her mother and in and, and in a crucifix fashion like she's pinned against the wall uh like this like entryway into the kitchen and she gets like stabbed and like her hands and like her side and her feet and then she like she dies in like this like very like elaborate moment and it's like and the, the whole scene's like up to that point it's just harrowing because like this girl who's just been traumatized gets fucking turns on supernatural powers and then like as powerful as she is in this like beforehand she's completely cowered in front of her mother which is like just shows like how much influence a parent can have when there's an abusive force in a person's life and and god like that scene of i think it was piper laurie just that 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 has stuck with me Uh, and and plus like it's heroin to see what harry goes through the whole film like, oh, oh, definitely. Like, especially in the in the opening film where she like she has her period for the first time and she's um, humiliated mm-hmm. in front of the in front of the locker room where all the girls are like throwing their tampons at her and she's like, "Please help me! What's happening? I don't know what this is." And she's just you know because she's not told anything about her because her mother's a religious fanatic and then like she's just openly abused in front of this entire school. Oh yeah, and it's like comical the level of just trauma this poor girl suffers through that entire movie uh number seven silence of the lambs yeah i can see that uh his escape at the end yeah uh i remember seeing that as a kid and that really fucking me up when hannibal's beating the cop with the baton and with the classical music playing in the background yeah fuck uh Number six, The Shining. The oh. Shining. You know, it was bound to be up yeah. on this list. At some I'm surprised point. that it's so high up, but not really. Shining's got some scary stuff in it. I remember seeing. Honestly, I'm surprised it's not even higher for the way some people talk about it. I remember seeing some of it as a kid, probably probably too young, to be honest, and just being really like free. I remember the thing that really fucked me up for some reason. I just because I was just, it just felt so haunting. But in, in, in a in a way, it's a really humorous scene. The the, the blowjob the, scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, it's funny because it's like you, you see these it's two, so absurd. It's like you see two people just like 
like blowing each other but like the way it's framed it's still really unnatural and shocking i was like oh because like one dressed like a like an animal it's a, dressed like a bear or, and or then a like, dog or something and they're just like staring down the dagger staring on the camera i was just like oh what the fuck i i, I had changed the channel yeah, there it, well and it has that like quick zoom in on it too it's just like oh and like the, uh, the whole like isolation factor of the movie like, you know, it's like you're in this massive place by yourself and you just like your mind starts to like turn in on itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the come play with us, Danny. And uh, the scene that they specifically picked is when uh, Shelley Duvall's character finds the script and all it says is all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. That's the scene? Okay. I, I, I can see like it, how like that would be terrifying. Like, someone you thought was in control, thought was doing their job, and then like it, you, you see... This person you've been living with the whole time has been desperately insane. Yeah, and because that—that's when he's just like, you know, he—he—he's like kind of chasing her up the stairs. Yeah, and I'm just want to bash your brains in. I'm not gonna hurt. Also, uh, Doctor Sleep is a is a good follow up. We we John and I saw that. Yeah, the, like a couple years ago. We yeah, really apparently enjoyed. that's a hot take. I thought the movie was Doctor Sleep. Good. I liked fucking it. Rules. I'd argue it's better than The Shining. I love The Shining. I mean, I haven't seen The Shining in years. So, but AY States recommends Dr. Sleep. Number five. One of my favorite horror movies. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, because we watched that last year, too. That was my first time seeing it. And, and like, that, this, like, talk about childhood trauma movies. (laughs) This was one of them. Because for some reason, my, my, my parents, there was only, like, one or two horror movies they let me watch. It was, like, the American remake of The Ring and this. And, and I just remember sitting in the living room with my parents watching the dinner scene at the end for the first time and just being unfucking nerved. Yeah. And, 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 and it's fun. Like the hit her, grandpa, hit her. <laughs> like it's funny, but also just like fucking terrifying. And like I, like the bit where like you th- you see them will out the, this corpse and like he starts to like reanimate. I was like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, the, uh, the the scene that they choose is the the first appearance of Leatherface. Yeah, where it's just that wide shot of the guy walking down the hall, no music, nothing. Leatherface just pops up, whacks him in the head, pulls him in, and shuts the door. Yeah, it 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 fucking spooked me. It's uh. And then, then, the, then the bit where she like the girl runs out is like Wah! he drags her back in. Mm-hmm. And, and one one there's a there's a person I follow online who's like who's very much in the horror. They do like their little sort of talks on like certain pieces. And Texas Chainsaw is one of their favorites. And one of the boldest choices of the movie is that they set this horror film in broad daylight. Oh yeah, and. The, the, they made a very interesting point because I, I can't remember if they're they were sort of reiterating what the creators said or that this was their observation from it they said you're you're just as likely to have the, the most terrifying moments the most the worst day of your life under a bright sunny day as you are and like a downcast one or you're even more likely. Yeah, like because like outside of this and Midsummer, there aren't many movies I can think of that are just mostly set in daylight. Like d- daylight horror is like a, this this subgenre you don't hear too much about. Yeah, well, and like with Texas Chainsaw, like it makes up for 
it makes up for it with you just like you can feel the oppressive heat. Yeah, like through radiating through the screen. And something about 1970s movie feel like it was hotter. Oh yeah, I just, like like that's just a sense. Like I feel like when I watch like older 70s stuff, it like when it's outside, it's like man, it just feel like it's just just this oppressive, just dry heat. When realistically, it was actually the coolest it'll ever be. Uh, let's not think about that, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well, it's climate change. Uh, let's the not the scariest think about thing that. we've what, talked what, about the, so far. What, oh, what if what if the real monster was climate change? <laughs> Leatherface just a Is Texas boy. Chainsaw an allegory for climate change? <laughs> I mean, Texas Chainsaw Master probably has one of the most digital ink, virtual ink, like spilt on it because it's it's a very like mm-hmm. like well talked about retreaded movie in terms of like just like collegiate circles, just like discussing like its impact on the horror and just as a film in of itself outside of the genre yeah like it, it, it's and of like a movie titled texas chainsaw massacre it sounds like a b movie and it kind of shot like uh, not shot like one it's actually immaculately shot but you know it's this really low budget movie and i think one of the things that it's something about the ending of that like the final shot of Leatherface and in, in the sunrise, just swinging the chainsaw around, just that that image just stuck with me. And how it, like, especially like the last like the last act of the movie is so loud, just with the final girl screaming, the the guys laughing is like I hit her, Grandpa. And then just the sound of the chainsaw, and it, then and then it's it impressive on the on the senses. And then it just cuts, and it's just pure fucking silent. It, there's just something about that to me is fucking chilling. And just the fact that you know, like, there's no real closure to the story. Like the, the main girl gets away, but, but then but she is traumatized for life. Yeah. Number four, okay. I get why it's on the list. Okay, I, so, Psycho. Okay. Yeah. It feels like... And, and like, I really like Psycho. It's definitely not my favorite Hitchcock by any stretch, but it's still really good. Uh, And, of course, the shower scene. Yeah. You know, that that sort of transcendent cinema in itself. For me, it was... um, Well, it turns to... The the scene in the basement where you see... Oh, where she turns... The mother's corpse. And, and it's revealed. That fucked me up. as good. Like, what the fuck? And then, the, oh, she wasn't her to fly. So, like, I, I I figure with some of the, like, since we're in, like, the, the top four now, the elite four, there's, it's, even if you, even me personally may not be, like, affected by it, like, these are, like, movies that have, like, made huge impacts. And even if oh, they're yeah. not, like, have, like, a, and, and the same sort of impact for us, like, it just sort of turns the global like reaction to end film like these are important films oh definitely like i i get why it's this high on the list even if i don't think you you, you know like because you know if you are involved in any sort of film culture you're going to see the shower scene long before you actually see the movie yeah and like and then there's like a lot of digital ink spilled on like how uh norman bates you know and like how people kind of viewed him as a trans woman and this dates back to misrepresentations of ed gein and 
there's a lot to untangle with that. But uh, moving on. Number three. Number three. Surprised it's this low, given its reputation. The Exorcist. Oh. Okay. Still top three. It's like, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. But I mean, especially around this time, because this list is from 2004. I would figure this would be a lot high, like, honestly, like, at number yeah. one. Like, I know, like, nowadays people have watched it, like, oh, some of the stuff doesn't age well, it looks a little goofy, but I remember growing up, like, if you were brave, you you admitted to watching The Exorcist. Because that's, that's for me, like, I, I even to say I've, I've yet to see it, and I kind of feel like... I missed out on like it being like missed out on it being like a scary movie. I feel like it, it'll, it'll it'll still have impacts in different ways, but I remember very clearly like in being like middle school and like elementary school, maybe, maybe not elementary, but you know like being in school, be like this is like the most fucked up movie you could watch. Yeah. Like it was like nothing else could surpass it. And like of course when you live in a very religious part of the world, like this movie that had such such striking like. blasphemous images in it like that's gonna hit a lot harder Mm -hmm. and like obviously the movie's about God saves the day so like uh, why is it like being so like kind of pushed back but at the same time there's some really provocative stuff in there that kids probably shouldn't be watching I would say yeah like I mean like you said it's very I don't want to say pro-Catholic church but you know it's you know you know God wins in the end yeah, and and uh, a lot of people. This I've heard this movie hits a lot differently depending on your belief. Yeah, like if you are very much involved in Christian, like very much practice it. This movie's fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. This was like uh, if Wenzel was here, he'd probably agree that this movie, or at least for me, it fucked me up because uh, I grew up in a Christian household. And that, like, I believed all this shit was real. I thought, like, this little girl was actually fucking possessed, spinning her head, throwing up. And uh, It's another one of the movies up there with Ring where I should not have watched it at such a young age because it definitely did not help me. I remember just seeing, like, certain, like, clips as a young, like, young teenager. I mean, like, really fucked up by it. Like, the whole of the bit where, like, the demon face shows up, that fucked me up. Mm. And... Like, I mean, granted, that for me that got ruined by a lot of like the screamers back in the day. Yeah, but like, like the, the scene that fucked me up was uh, I was actually about to watch the movie. It was me and Cody. We were like, "Hey, you know, let's go find The Exorcist," and we saw a clip. We were like, "Okay, let's watch this, see what it's like." And it's the masturbation scene. Yeah, and we were like, "Nope, nope, nope." <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the most, like, I guess, blasphemous, provocative... Like, Jesus, fuck you. Yeah, like, I, I, it, strangely, I remember seeing an ad for The Exorcist on TV. Like, this is a... We're playing Exorcist on TV. Like, there is no good goddamn way. they That movie that was... That was cut. That yeah, was that was cut to, like, unrecognized... Unrecognized... Uh, you know, cut beyond recognition. And it's like... It's one of the movies you, you should even try to put on TV. Yeah. The movie we decided to watch instead was The House of the Devil, which is a really... It has its fans. I we I didn't like it. I remember watching that with y'all. It was not a good movie. It was not a good movie. Because uh, it was back at the, 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 old, the big house. Yeah. And we were in the living room. I also, I will say I'm very interested by the um, fandom for 
The Exorcist Three, how it, it's it's touted as like a very as like like I wouldn't say cult classic, but because there's, there's, there's a lot of horror fans who love Exorcist Three, but even though it's so wildly different from the others, and I, I remember being surprised by that because it's sort of like reverence because I remember for years before I kind of got more plugged into horror, people saying Exorcist Three was one of the worst horror movies ever made. Yeah, it's definitely definitely had like a critical reevaluation over the years. Was that was I always find interesting? Like when a movie that's sort of like shit can at a certain point in its life, but then like it has like this new resurgence. Like recently, Jennifer's Body, like yep. it was completely shit can back in the day, and now it it's like on a very high esteem now. Like I heard it's like I don't know, if I want I don't want to like be quoted, but like maybe something close to like a criterion release like a very like mm-hmm. high level of like release for it now yeah i know uh exorcist 3 has one of the best jump scares yeah put to cinema that like that i've seen that that scene in isolation i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah so that was three what's two number two the original alien okay okay i, I wasn't expecting it to be two but that's a well, that's a, a welcome surprise. Uh, and the scene is the chest burst. Oh, of course. Naturally. I, I, I still have yet to see any of those movies. Oh, you're missing uh, out. No, okay, no, I, I was more of a predator person. Okay, I know, Colt, you've been sort of like going through the Alien series this year, Yeah, correct? I've seen uh, one through four. I haven't seen Prometheus or uh, Covenant yet because I'm waiting to watch them with Wenzel. And uh, I really enjoy the movies. Even the bad ones, I would consider good. Uh, not super good, but good enough. Yeah. And I, I remember my mom, like, tell me about the how Alien was, like, one of the first movies her and my father went on a date to see. And she said the chess birthday scene, like, she left the theater. She didn't come back. She just <laughs> left him to watch the movie by herself. Damn. But, um... I just I remember watching that. I mean, I've, I've seen it a few times, but like, w- like one of the first times, it's like just the look of it, like everything about that movie is just so striking. Mm-hmm. And seeing like the original trailer for it is pretty haunting too. Like it's it's all grainy, and and the and the Prometheus trailer has nods to it. And like you have like a scene, and it cuts and it, like it's, it's it's cutting all these different scenes and like into like a in a higher frequency as it goes on while like a siren's playing and siren gets louder and more frequent as the cutting gets faster and it's like what the fuck is happening you don't see anything other than people like reacting and things moving and going fast and then it just ends damn that's that's chilling i I don't know it's like aliens it's it's a classic and uh i want to rewatch it again it's a good movie y'all should watch it together because it's it's a blast yeah I, i i know like the the set is pretty inexpensive yeah i'll probably get that along with leprechaun such a good <laughs> the, the alien <laughs> wow like you just walk in from best buy with two dvd sets i got alien and i got leprechaun what you want to watch god damn all right so we run through 50 through two we seen we turned all these big classic films a lot of big names have come before but what is taking the top spot. What has this list said? This is the scariest movie. This is the scariest moment. What movie has influenced more fear than all the rest? I uh, I want y'all to guess. Oh, man. Because when, when I heard this, I was like, 
really? That's I I kind of get it, but it's a little disappointing. Now I will say, and Cannon's here with us to get his reaction. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just long for the ride. Now I will say it isn't fair for me to guess because I I'm pretty sure I know what it is. I think I remember this uh reveal so cole why don't you guess I want what to this... guess the i want to say uh, i want to say evil dead i feel like the scenes with uh the possession especially the woman floating and then the the way that she and everyone else dissolves around ash into these dust and goo monsters made out of cream corn I feel like that was pretty scary. That's actually much lower on the list. That's more towards 100. Boom. Now, John, before you give your uh, guess, what would you have thought number one would have been? Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I know I've seen the, the one after this, and A Clockwork Orange was really high. And I thought it was on this one, but it's on a different one. Uh, I'm not really sure. Like, what, like, as far as, like, I know, like, ones I would want on yeah. there, but, like, as one, like, to represent, like, its impact on film, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say, if, if I had to guess what would have been scary, number one, I would have said The Exorcist. See, that, that that's what I would think. Like, even though, like, I probably wouldn't find that movie scary today, but just in terms of like its impact, do you know what number one is? I do. I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure I know what it is. I think I remember like seeing this when it came out. What is it? Is it Jaws? It is Jaws. Fuck yeah, off. That's what I thought. Eat my shit. Yeah, that that was sort of my response. I was like, really. I mean, like, you, you wouldn't think. I mean, you don't think it's Jaws is scary now, but like. In terms of the impact, there are people who saw Jaws and they wouldn't take a shower. They wouldn't take a bath because <laughs> yeah. of the, 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 the fact that the, this is the water, like the fact that, you know, a shark is probably one of the most like primordial fears people have. And like, you know, obviously this is like a very fantastical shark, but you know, people are still afraid of sharks today by itself. And this movie only exacerbated that. So I feel like in terms of just, hitting a fear in a very particular time in like movie consumption history like it's valid obviously i remember seeing that times like what the fuck that's not scary but like but i mean people would refuse to go in the water i mean i'm sure there's people alive today who saw jaws and they don't go back to the beach because they're just like that movie fucked me up and the, the part of part of fear is that it preys on this sort of like illogical part of your brain yeah and even though you the odds are people being attacked by a shark are like a, a astronaut, well, not astronaut, but incredibly small. Oh, definitely. So, well, but it, you know that that's just a thing you worry about. You know, you know there's sharks in the water, and shark attacks do happen. So you, every time you go in the water, it's like, what if? What if this is the day that the big shark comes out? And that is very true. I I just remember I've seen most of the shitty sequels, <laughs> so like the the illusion of jaws has been very much shattered for me. I remember seeing the finale of 2 I mean like that's kind of sick cuz you know they they ball them up in the first one mm-hmm. but I remember in the second one they tricked the shark into biting like this live wire and it electrocutes like he like burns his eyes out and shit it's like oh that's gnarly yeah now jaws 3D is fucking funny because the whole movie is like oh no the shark's coming shark's coming and they're like you know 
the 3D bit is that the shark very slowly approaches the screen. Everybody's just like, ah! just like freaking out and screaming. It's just like painfully slow migrating toward the screen until just a window breaks and an aquarium fills up just like a tank. Fuck! I was like, is that is it was was it that a 3D or was it the Revenge? It's 3D. God, because I remember watching all of those. Like, I don't even think I've I. I've had to see the. I have had to have seen the original Jaws. I I just don't remember much outside of the big moments, you know, like yeah, the black eyes, lifeless eyes, like a doll's eyes. And I mean, I remember seeing it as a kid and it being like fucked up. Maybe not so much by the shark, but like when oh, what's his name gets eaten by the shark and he's like puking up blood. That fucked me up. I was like, oh fuck, that's crazy. It's, it's it's wild to me that that movie is rated PG. <laughs> yeah, that's a PG movie. But granted, PG also meant something back in the day. Uh, but yeah, that's the top 50 of the top 100 list. Uh, the entire series is on YouTube. Probably not going to link it in, in the uh, description. We don't want YouTube to take it down. But yeah, give it... And, and it's like... I was kind of watching through some of it, like preparing for this. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is painfully early 2000s. But it's really fun to see what people in 2004 thought of uh, Scary Movie Moment. I definitely interested to see how in the 17 years or so after this was made, like what would be on that list now? Oh, what would yeah. be like? What would be like the top one hundred movies today? Or maybe just do a separate list. Like, what? Uh, what are the top horror films of the last twenty years? Like, yeah, that that would be good show. Idea. Even if they spanned of all time, my the scariest movies, in my opinion, have released in within the last twenty years. Yeah. Most of them in the last ten, be, for me at least. I'm trying to think what, like you, you know, we got, we got the A24 stuff, Get Out, Hereditary. I, 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 and plus, I feel like <coughs> from my, my own sort of interpretations of the movies and like gleaning what people say about the the last five to ten years of horror, I think there's a very interesting conversation to be had because. I feel like horror is much more divisive now than it's ever, and, and not just because like the advent of white like, social media. I, I kind of feel like what people consider horror and like this sort of new form of horror, people feel like, oh, horror is smart now, or like people trying to say that horror has only been like intelligent or had something cromulent to say within like the last half decade, which I don't believe that to be true at all. Oh yeah, me either. Cause I feel like horror's always had a t- intelligence behind it and reason behind it and purpose. It's just I think it's it, there's just an overly narrow focus on the on the new as like oh this is the the best of. But also at the same time we we can't forget the the past horror at the same time. But we there, there has to be a, a proper place and appreciation for all the time periods. Oh, definitely. And like what's come before and what's being made now. Yeah, I, I think like like I, I, I'm a fan of this 
I hate the title, but like the elevated horror, quote unquote. Uh, I, I I like that aesthetic more usually, but I, I think even just calling it elevated horror is pretentious. Yeah. It's just like, just because it's not shot in this particular style or drawing from these level of resources that it makes. And plus, I feel like it's kind of... I, it has like this inherent like dismissiveness to it. Yeah, like and and horror is already a genre that's very much much maligned. Much maligned, and, and I mean not to say I mean not to say that it isn't deserved in some aspects because there's a lot of garbage in horror. Yeah, but to me, there's a lot of very interesting stuff that you don't get out of an Oscar bait drama. And like I, I think is a I think is a disservice to the genre that we don't have like like a high ranking award that's allowed to be given to horror like you know like it was it was taking an, an enormous change for like a horror movie to be like presented at the Academy Awards despite you know a lot of tremendous performances coming out of horror recently. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, not to mention anything that's come beforehand either. Oh yeah, the fact that Tony Collette didn't win Best Actress the year Hereditary came out is a fucking sin. You know, like nothing, nobody from Get Out, like any of the acting from Get Out was like nominated. I, I mean, it got nominated, but like you know, like but like yeah, like they didn't win. Like I, I, honestly, I think Get Out was probably, as far as the movie I've seen, the best film of that year. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who thought us deserved some sort of, you know, acting uh, nods. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the the biggest sin of that movie is it came out in March, yeah, or February. So, but I think you know this is a, it's been an interesting journey through like these like older films, and I'm interested to tackle the other side of it in the last twenty years of, of horror, which I think you know put a pin in that we may get back to it. Yeah, good idea for later. All right. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening today. Thank you for. J- <clears throat> thank you for joining us on this horror journey and i hope you will stay on the journey with us for the rest of the month we still have some more horror content coming your way uh be sure to like rate view subscribe and all the, on every platform you find podcasts at soundcloud apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anchor anywhere else you listen to things i'm pretty sure we're on there as well be sure to like rate view subscribe on all those platforms keeps us visible puts us in front of new listeners and we always appreciate you when you do it uh, be sure to follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram, AYCH Podcast, Facebook and Letterbots at All You Can Hear, Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear, and YouTube as well at All You Can Hear. If you're listening to this the week that comes out on Tuesday, uh, you listen to the great take, excuse me, you listen to the late takes, Tanner's interview show, where I'm pretty sure he's sitting down with uh, independent wrestler Dominic Garini, which is, that's a pretty interesting uh, story to hear. And then on Thursday, you can listen to a new episode of Cajun Greatness, where we start our our month of spooky Cajun content by discussing Vampire's Kiss. Hell yeah. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name My Art, on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. My name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-O-I-24 and Jonathan12 on Letterboxd. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Uh, go watch something scary. Have some fun. Yeah. And stay tuned. We'll be talking to you very soon. Good night. Good night.